Thanks for finding me here at Organic Matters, wherever you find me. If you get one of the regular stations that I'm on, you'll probably find me on Saturday mornings. But you can find me anytime on virtually any podcast channel that you happen to be listening to. So thanks for tuning in. So let's start this week. I've talked about this, oh, several times throughout the years. And, and now I've actually found some study that backs me up, although I kind of knew this was true. The wildly misleading nature of the word natural label on foods. Uh, with In one sentence, it doesn't fit the bill, but let's go through some of the facts. On the crowded supermarket shelves, food products clamor for some attention. They, everybody wants to sell their product. Packaging and labels designed to kind of clinch a deal. Some 72% of American consumers say that packaging influences their purchases. A statistic not lost on food manufacturers, as you can imagine. This applies not just to the aesthetic design of the packaging, but exactly what do the labels say. When the FDA updated its nutrition facts labeling for packages, I think the year was 2020, it was two or three years back. A lot of companies found new opportunities to increase sales. The food and beverage companies are finding they can use those labels and other what we call real estate on their packaging to provide nutritional and other data to drive growth. The information on the FDA label and what you pack onto your label and packaging can be an important in, as to the ingredients that help to boost sales. One finding showed that 30% of the U.S. consumers surveyed are more likely to buy products with sustainable credentials that, like clean label characteristics, win over consumers. Touting a product as a USDA organic, non-GMO, free of artificial ingredients, or free of preservatives, all sell more products. Now, don't get me wrong here up front. Labeling can be very important when determining certain things about a food item. USDA organic or raised without antibiotics, for example, have specific standards and that product will need to be true to those claims. On the other hand, though, when it comes to the word natural, things get kind of slippery. A new report from the USDA Economic Research Service takes a look at the prevalence of the natural claim on food packagings. And it's uh, eye-opening, folks, to say the least. Food suppliers right now can use the label that claims the food is natural at a relatively low cost because regulatory agencies treat the claim as meaning nothing artificial was added and the product was minimally processed. That's all it means. Natural claims like all natural, 100% natural, made with natural ingredients are not defined by the USDA. Food safety and inspection service regulations don't even look at that. The USDA and the FSIS, we'll call it, must approve these labels claims prior to this food being sold. But the only standard they must meet is that artificial ingredients or colors cannot be added during processing. And the processing method cannot fundamentally alter the product. Well, that I guess certainly is a valuable information to know. The problem is in consumers' perception of just what they think natural really means. Contrary to what most consumers think, neither the FDA or the USDA's policy decisions address the health benefits of farm production methods consumers might attribute to what we would be called natural labeled foods. The definitions do not address human health. The use of synthetic pesticides, genetically modified organisms, hormones, or antibiotics in the crop and the livestock production. 
It's not addressed at all, but most consumers perceive that it means something way more valuable than it really does. As a for instance, back in 2017, a study was done, respondents incorrectly believed that naturally labeled foods had 18% fewer calories across the variety of foods than if it didn't say natural, didn't mean a thing. Even back in 2010, respondents believed that meat products labeled as all natural meant no antibiotics or hormones were used to raise the animals. Not true. Some also believed the label meant animals were raised free range. Definitely not true. As recent as 2022, there was a survey done and 86% of respondents who purchased at least one natural label product in the past 12 months, 89% of those purchased it doing so because they believed the label indicated there was a better than standard animal welfare. In addition, about 80% paid more for the label because the consumer believed the label indicated higher environmental stewardship production were used in the practices of manufacturing or raising the animal or the fruit or vegetable they were growing. And from that same study in 2022, about 60% of consumers who reported purchasing animal welfare certified products also reported purchasing natural labeled foods because they believed it represented improved animal welfare standard. Other studies showed that consumers equated the attributes of USDA organic products with those of natural labeled products and were willing to pay more for them. And another independent study showed that consumers were willing to pay up to 20% more on average for what con- considered to be natural labeled products, even though it really has no bearing as to the health benefits or anything else to do with that product. So what is the impact on the basic consumer of these misconceptions? At first, this might seem simply frustrating that food manufacturers are capitalizing on consumer, I guess the consumer being naive is is the easy way for me to say it, and that consumers aren't getting what they think they're getting. But the more serious problem is how this harms food producers who actually meet the standards for more stringent labels that are actually doing good for the consumer, like ones around organic practices or animal welfare. Farmers and producers doing the work end up at a competitive disadvantage in the market if consumers treat food labels exactly as, for instance, as natural and can see them as being the same. They are not the same. The economic problem raised by natural labels is that consumers could be paying extra for products attributes they are not receiving while producers of products with those attributes lose the sales. As a consequence, any health and environmental stewardship benefits that might have been realized from consumers choosing products that matched their preferences actually get lost in, in, the, in the fray. So it's a, it's a lose-lose for those trying to do better and a lose for the consumer because he's not getting a better product even though he's paying more money for it. So I guess to end this in a nutshell, USDA Organic, the little green and white sticker, on the product is is right now the only one I trust completely. There are some animal welfare stickers and things that do mean things. But if you really want to buy what is the safest that we know of, best for you nutritionally that we know of, that USDA sticker is the only one you can really put a lot of trust in. And while we're talking about things a bit controversial, the latest Studies I found show that lab-grown meat is up to 25 times worse for the environment than actually growing beef, a real cow. Growing burgers and steaks from cultured cells it may seem as if it's the future for the meat industry. 
but a new analysis indicates that the mass production of lab-grown meat using at least the current technologies we have could be considerably worse for the environment than growing a real cow. At present, animal cell-based meat is only produced at a very small scale and at a very economic loss. It's way more expensive than real to grow or to make. Although the as yet unpeer-reviewed study suggests that scaling up the process could release between as little as four and as much as 25 times more emissions into the into the environment than what we would consider global beef industry does right now. According to the study I found, billions of investment dollars have been specifically been allocated to grow artificial beef. And the thesis that this, this product will be more environmentally friendly than beef. However, while it's true that lab-grown meat eliminates the land, the water, and the antibiotic requirements of raising cattle, the researchers explained that much of the interest in cultured meat has been driven by the inaccurate analysis of the carbon emissions put out by raising cattle conventionally. It seems the problem, they say, is that many of these reports have modeled the climate impact of, of the ACBM, the uh, artificially grown meat, using technologies that either don't exist or are unlikely to work when they start using them. For instance, one often cited study estimated that carbon emissions of the artificially grown products using a cyanobacteria hydrolysate, get all this fancy stuff, as a feedstock for the cells, is there. However, the researchers of this latest analysis explain this is not a technology of feedstock that is currently used for animal cell proliferation. It's a pie in the sky, nor is it one that is currently even nearly feasible uh, as far as we know how it would work yet, uh, today. Other what I call much hyped reports have attempted to analyze the environment of impact of what we, I like the word cultured meat better so I can say it, produced with food grade growing medium components. However, at present, the process is only possible using pharmaceutical grade nutrients which are purified to a much higher level and far, far more expensive. Animal cell culture is traditionally done with growth medium components that have been refined to remove or reduce endotoxins. The use of these refined methods contributes significantly to the economic and environmental costs associated with back to this word, pharmaceutical products, since they are both energy and resource very, very intensive. Assuming the continued use of highly refined growing mediums are necessary, and in the, as far as we know they are, the researchers estimated that each kilogram of cultured meat products, okay, puts out, listen to this, about 200 to as much as 1,500 kilograms Folks, that's 500 pounds to 3,300 pounds of carbon dioxide emissions. Based on those figures, they calculate the global warming potential of cultured meat is between 5 and as much as 25 times greater than that of the retail grown meats, or what we call the, the normal chain of, of growth for our beef at this time. Much of this impact is driven by the fossil fuel requirements associated with the purification of growth medium components. According to the study, it's between 3 and 17 times greater than the amount used to produce beef on the hoof. So the only way to look at it, it's based on the calculations we have now. The research has concluded that the environmental impact of the cultured production is likely to be in orders of magnitude higher than median beef production 
If a highly refined growth medium is utilized, which it has to be legally right now, uh, to grow this cultured beef, ACBM production, whatever you call it, they have a fancy name for it. Offering a solution, the authors suggest that development of cell lines that can tolerate higher levels of endotoxins, which may reduce the energy-intensive purification process, thereby slashing the environmental impact of lab-grown meat. However, at this time, it doesn't appear that this is available. So right now, it's a great idea that may come where somewhere in the future when we're going. But right now, believe me, beef on the hoof, as we've known to grow it, is still a better value for both us as consumers and at this time, at least, also for our environment. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.